You are listening to Andover Airwaves, which is produced by Andover Public Schools in Andover, Kansas. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Andover Airwaves, your podcast about all things Andover Public Schools. I'm your host, Terry Rombeck. The basketball tournament is back this summer for its ninth year, and once again, the Aftershocks will be competing for the million-dollar grand prize. The team is made primarily of former Wichita State University basketball players, and once again, the team is being coached by Andover High School PE teacher and coach Zach Bush, who played at Wichita State from 2012 to 2017. Mr. Bush just finished his first year of teaching at AHS, and he's our guest today for Andover Airwaves. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So for those who aren't familiar with the basketball tournament, how would you describe it to them? Um, yeah, so it's pretty unique. It is a $1 million winner-take-all basketball tournament comprised mainly of um, professional basketball players outside of the NBA. So essentially the only guys who can't play are people who are in college still with college eligibility or um, guys under NBA contract. So two-way players that are in the G League are able to play. Guys who are playing professionally overseas around the world, they're able to play. Um, and it's really morphed into a lot of guys kind of creating alumni teams. So getting their group of guys that are outside of the NBA and then loosely, you know, you're quote unquote not affiliated with your school. But I mean, you, you know, you pretty much design a, a logo and a, get a team name that plays off of, you know, your team name. And then you get your alumni guys and maybe a couple of the guys that didn't go to school with you. And then it's like an NCAA tournament, single elimination. It's really grown. Um, I remember seeing it about four years ago, five years ago on TV. And um, there's a team from Syracuse that's done really well called Bayheim's Army, which is um, a play on Jim Bayheim, their head coach forever there. And I just remember watching and thinking like, well, they're orange and this says something about Bayheim, and this, this has got to be something with Syracuse. And once you figured out what it was, uh, it's actually pretty cool and really good basketball. Um, and the last two years that we've hosted have just been amazing. What, what does the style of play end up kind of being? Is it more of an NBA style, more of an NCAA style, or is it its own thing? Um, you know, it's kind of its own thing. It's it's definitely not just, um, I wouldn't say it's not like you just throw them out there. A lot of teams practice. There's some teams that will do like two-week training camps. You know, you have a lot of money on the line, so guys take it pretty seriously. Um, and most teams are coached pretty well, especially the alumni teams. They take it very serious. Um, and so it's kind of a hybrid between, you know, it's not quite college basketball. You know, you're not running quite as much stuff, but um, it's not like we're just throwing it out there and it's pickup. So we definitely, you know, run some sets and have structure and organization, but a lot of it is, you know, these guys are pros now and letting them just go make plays and trying to be better than the other team. So how did you get involved with the Aftershocks? Um, so back in, let's say it was probably 27, 2018, um, right when I was out of college, um, I had, you know, seen this a little bit and <clears throat> I had just tweeted something like, man, we need a, a Wichita State team. This would be great. And um, a guy named Jake Kavorsky, who works for TBT, contacted me and was like, hey, man, we'd love to have a Wichita State team. I see that you played there. You know, can you get a team together? And this was probably in March. So the tournament every year is in July. So that gave us a pretty narrow time frame. I started texting a lot of the older guys and just trying to figure out names. And, you know, fortunately, we have a pretty large group of guys to choose from that are playing professionally. And uh, it just didn't work out that year. It was going to be too last minute. I mean, teams start organizing stuff back in November, December. Um, so it didn't work out, but kept an eye on it. Um, then 
we got it started. Another guy was involved. Um, we had it the first year. We sold them on, hey, come to Wichita, let us host, because they do it like the NCAA tournament where you have regional host sites. Right. So we got the host, went really well that first year. We had some change in the structure of who was running things and um, giving a little bit more to the team and letting the team decide things. Um, so it was great. You know, J.R. Simon, who also played at Wichita State with me and myself, have relationships with a lot of these guys. So we kind of just started organizing things. And um, then Garrett Stutz was involved. He played the first year and then moved over to help us coach and organize things. And then uh, we got Ron Baker involved too, because Ron obviously is beloved and, you know, really respected mind and uh, has relationships with guys as well. So that was kind of the group last year. And then um, I coached the group and then we all kind of just pitched in and helped other than that. And then I'll coach the group again this year with pretty much the same group, um, with kind of one exception that we'll announce coming soon, but yeah. Oh, there's a teaser. I like I it. Know, yeah. Have to add it in there. <laughs> what keeps you coming back every year? Um, I think just the opportunity to be around, um, you know, your teammates and guys that became like brothers. You spend so many hours in college, you know, um, outside of just basketball with these guys. And it really does become like family. You know, when guys are coming from New York and New Jersey and Maryland and Houston, um, you're all you have. You know, you create these bonds and you go through, you know, as people have seen some really tough times and difficult times in school and basketball. And so it just makes the bond even closer. And then it's hard. It just ends. And then, you know, there's no weaning yourself off of it. It's just done one day and you don't spend that time together. And everybody goes their separate ways. Fortunately, we all you know have genuine relationships, so we all stay in touch. Um, but that's probably the biggest thing, getting to spend that time. You never think you're going to do that again. And so then you do, and it's in a competitive setting where you have, you know, our fans are just unbelievable. Like the games last year, uh, I've seen so many fans say it's one of the best environments they've ever seen, whether NCAA basketball or TBT, it's just unbelievable. So I think that combination of getting to spend valuable time with guys that are like family that you never thought you'd get to again, combined with, you know, competing and playing really high level basketball. That's what I was going to ask. It's almost like a family reunion every yeah. summer or something. Yeah, and that's essentially, you know, we talked about it last year. So we played in 2019, then COVID happened, and they actually, TBT, did a phenomenal job. They were the first professional um, sporting event after, you know, post-TV, or excuse me, post-COVID. Um, they had a bubble in Indianapolis. They pretty much created the bubble format that everybody followed. The NBA then hmm. um, kind of took some tips from them. They did a great job, but... Uh, there were just there was a lot of moving parts with that. You had to go to Indianapolis like a week early. Guys had to stay for like 72 hours in the rooms by themselves. Then you had to test. And if you um, you know failed the test, you were kicked out and you had to go back home. So we just were like, we'll just sit this one out. So then we hosted it again last year. Um, and yeah, it, it pretty much turned into then how can we make this a family thing where we get everybody coming back and um, everyone to spend time together and see each other again because that's such a special bond. And you know, we just really wanted to help the basketball program stay that way because any time when I was in school and older guys like Clev and Hannah, you know, would come back and Teray Murray, you know, you watch these guys, you knew who they were, you see their names, their pictures in the locker room. So you wanted to know them. So we thought, you know, this could be a great thing for the program to continue to know one another, create that family feel and um, such a cool recruiting advantage when you can point and look and say, you know, like, hey, you come play here. Like, you're going to know Fred Van Vliet. You're going to know Ron Baker. These aren't just guys who played here. Like, this is a family and, you know, we kind of stick together. You mentioned different teams kind of t treat it differently in terms of practices and stuff like that. What, what's your guys' routine? How early are you getting together? And what does that look like for you? So in the past, we've usually brought everybody in um, about a week early, which I think is a good time. You know, it's hard. These guys spend 
a lot of them, uh, eight, nine months, pretty much nine months of the year, you know, overseas playing, whether, you know, that's Israel, Turkey, Italy, Australia. And it's hard as much as, you know, you love what you do. You also, you miss out on birthdays, weddings, you miss out on family events. So we don't want to, you know, hold them hostage here in Wichita. Mm -hmm. Not that we're doing that, but you right. know, we don't want them to drag their feet here. So, but at the same time, you know, we know we can't just walk out there and play, you know, you kind of have to practice a little bit. So we usually do about a week early. That's probably about what we'll do again this year. Um, it's been good. It gives you, you know, some time to hang out off the court. And it's not just like you show up the day before the game and then it's games and then you go home again. So mm -hmm. we have time to do some fun things in the community, um, some events. In the past, we've done autograph signings. We've done an event at Chicken and Pickle where people can come out and say, hey. And um, that's always really fun for the community. I think that's another reason we do it is to give something back to these fans who you know, they just give so much love and support to us. So it's great to give back to them. Gotcha. So it's not so much as a matter of being in shape. So, so much as just knowing each other's and uh, the game plan, I guess. Yeah. Or, or I mean, we together. guys are expected to, you know, to be in shape. And fortunately, they're pros now. Like their job right. is to stay in shape. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, when they get home, their season's in, you know, they usually take about a week off and then they get back going. So being in shape usually isn't a problem. It's, it's kind of, yeah, getting getting on the same page. Everyone knows each other's games for the most part. So that really helps. Uh, but then, you know, you kind of get a game plan and you make sure everybody's healthy. And that's another thing you run into. Sometimes guys are dealing with injuries and fans have been upset in the past because we, two years in a row, we announced that to Kel Cotton and Trey Murray were going to play. And mm -hmm. then, Two years in a row, both of them just had freak accidents where uh, as much as they wanted to play, they can't jeopardize their professional career right. and risk more injury. And a lot of fans are upset and get that. But these guys, you know, this this is their primary job. They're doing this pretty much for the love. Yeah. So, you guys take it seriously, though? Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's something you want to win. Guys are... We got uh, we had a really good run last year, but we got beat pretty bad in Dayton um, in the quarterfinal game. Um, we ran into a team with just some size, and we played an early morning game. And um, anybody who's grown up playing MOIB or AAU basketball knows how it goes usually when you play the morning game. Um, guys were pretty upset, so we definitely take it serious. It's it's an opportunity for these guys too. You're on national television. Um, the kind of respect for TBT has grown and grown. Um, there's been multiple guys um, that have parlayed, you know, playing really well in TBT to then NBA contracts and two-way deals, G League NBA. Um, so it's it's taken seriously, and guys know that they can be seen from this, and they also have a chance to win a lot of money. Gotcha. So let's talk about your first year here at AHS. Mm -hmm. um, how'd it go? What was it, what was it like, and was it different than at all than you expected, either on the coaching side or the teaching side? No, it was great. Um, I was, you know, extremely excited to um, get this job. I had gotten a call um, from Ryan Hers, um, who's a family friend, his son, Jacob, my younger brother, Bryson, um, we're teammates, roommates, best friends, all that at Wichita State on the basketball team together. Um, and I had played against, Coach Hers had uh, coached at Derby when I was in high school. So I'd known who he was. My mom's a track coach. He was a track guy coaching over here. So just a lot of relationship through all that. And um, he called and said there might be an opening and they wanted me to come interview. And I was ecstatic because, you know, I always wanted to be um, kind of in a school similar to where I came from. You know, I grew up going to Goddard Public Schools and then we split high schools and I was the first graduating class at the new school Eisenhower. Uh -huh. And I'd always just thought, you know, if, if I go into teaching, those are the you know, kind of schools I want to be in. I just, I really, I loved my, my education. I loved the teachers I had. I loved the kids I was around. So I always thought I would fit really well into that. So when I got that call, I was extremely excited. The year was great. Um, it's always tough, you know, for first year teachers. You know, I'd heard so many people say, you know, don't get too high or too low. Just survive. It'll be okay. <laughs> and it really wasn't that bad. Um, you know, I'm 
fortunate. I'm in an area I love, physical education, where I love being in the gym with kids. Um, I think the biggest thing I love, both coaching and teaching, is the relationships, getting to you know build relationships with kids and see them grow and develop and then have influence on them. Because I think the most important people in my life were probably my coaches and my teachers, and I was so fortunate to have good relationships. So I thought the year went great. Um, we have a great basketball team. Couldn't have stepped into you know, a better situation. Uh, the year before, I was at May South. I was the varsity assistant over there. Um, so the only difference is I wake up a lot earlier to come to morning practice. Uh, <laughs> I still sure. live on the west side, so that's a long drive. It's uh, about 4.45 in the morning. Uh, but now I love it. Um, Coach Shetler's phenomenal. I love learning from him every day. We have just good kids, and they make it fun to be around. You know, when you enjoy the kids you coach, and it's not like you're, you know, beating your head against the wall. It's, it makes it so much more fun. And they're, uh, they're a special group. Any particular moments stand out for you, either lessons in the classroom or, or something on the basketball court that kind of you know, was like, oh, those, those were fun moments for me this year? I had a lot of them. It's, it's hard to choose. You know, we, this was my first year teaching, and I wasn't an education major. Um, I'm in a transition to teach program, um, but my mom's a high school PE teacher. I grew up around it. Uh, my high school basketball coach was in PE. Um, just a lot of family members and friends who were teachers, so it felt very natural, but um, just – going to practice. And I think there was a day early on um, in the year where maybe even before the year started, just, you know, at district meetings. And I just remember kind of feeling like this is awesome. Like you kind of, sometimes in life you hit that mode where you feel like, you know, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think I'm doing what God put me on the earth to do, which is an exciting feeling. Cause you know, I tried a lot of different things. I was in medical device um, sales right when I got out of college I tried college coaching route, and as much as I love certain aspects about that, it just didn't feel right. And, um, you know, one of those early on days, just I think because of my coworkers, I have a, such a great PE department over here at Andover Hive. Taylor Counts, Brittany Warner, Ken Dusenberry. Um, I just remember feeling like at home, like this is comfortable. This is what I'm good at. Just that perfect mesh of everything. And then the kids, they were just fun to be around. You know, they love to come into my office between classes and I almost have to laugh and say, like, get out of my office. Like, I need, you know, I get five minutes between class or a little break. I need this for a second, but I, I love them. Um, they're just fun. So there's probably too many moments to choose from. But you know, basketball, we had a really good season. So uh, I think the same thing early on, just feeling like, you know, you know you're doing what you were meant to do. So if this wasn't the plan all along, what convinced you the, to go down this route? I think all along I had thought about it. Um, <clears throat> I had a day uh, in college, I remember vividly, I was a sport management major, mainly because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew, you know, a sports management degree, I can do a lot of stuff with. I'm not, I know I'm not going to be a lawyer, I'm not going to be a doctor, so I don't have to worry about, you know, getting those <laughs> degrees, um, just get something. And then, you know, I was sitting in class one day and I just remember thinking like, gosh, like uh, my high school coach, he's still at Eisenhower, he's still a PE teacher there, teaches with my mom, uh, Steve Blue. I remember texting him in class, which I shouldn't have been doing if any students were listening <laughs> don't text in class but still different in college but I just text him and asked him like why did you become you know a PE teacher what like I just don't feel like I'm enjoying you know my classes and um, he had just told me you know I, I loved basketball I loved my coaches I loved being in the gym I love relationships with kids you know I was always a people person and it almost just just like hit me then like maybe that's what I need to do and um, I really didn't do anything about it. I kind of just, I was so busy with basketball in college and just trying to, you know, make it through. Um, but it was always in the back of my head. And I had a lot of people like him, my mom would say like, you know, you'd be, you'd be a great teacher. Why don't you do it? And I was just apprehensive. I 
wanted to, you know, explore the world. I wanted to, you know, try different things. And, um, you know, money, when you come out of college is always, you just, first time in your life, I'm going to, I'm going to make money. I'm going to do that. And, um, I made really good money with my first job, but I was absolutely miserable. And so that was a pretty big eye opener to, you can, you can make a lot of money, but if you're hating what you're doing and not enjoying, you know, your day to day, it's just not worth it. So, um, I knew the coaching piece, I knew that, and I thought I might want to do that. And I'd really loved the high school level cause I had such a great experience and great coaches, but, um, I gave college a try. One of my college coaches had reached out. So I took a graduate assistant job with him, moved, uh, all the way across the country to Tennessee, East Tennessee. So um, just if anybody doesn't know how big Tennessee is, Memphis is like the closest you can get from Kansas to Tennessee. You get there, it's still another eight hours to where I was. Um, yeah, northeast corner, Johnson City, Tennessee. Darius Rucker has a little shout out uh, in Wagon Wheel to that little town. But um, when I got out there, I just loved the basketball part, but I was miserable and that I missed my family. I was homesick. I didn't have anyone. I was alone. And so that was when it kind of hit me. Like, I think teaching is, is what I want to do. And this year made that abundantly clear that it is what I love and what I want to be doing. So is there any overlap between what you would have done as a college coach, now a high school coach, and coaching these guys, some of whom have logged in NBA experience, some of whom are still playing professionally overseas? Are those completely different things or is there similarities? You know, there's, there's some similarities. I think there's things I learned at each that I carry with me. I was so fortunate to, when I went to East Tennessee State, our head coach was Steve Forbes, who was an assistant on the staff for two years while I was at Wichita State. And, uh, you know, from him, I just took that you can be a, a good person, a kind person. You can treat your players really well and still demand a lot, um, but have great relationships. And that was such a cool thing to see, like how you manage both to have high expectations and demand accountability and all these things. But yet, you know, you love your players and you have relationships off the court. So I really learned that from him, and I think I've tried to take that into, um, you know, high school basketball. I always thought, just growing up, um, I thought I might like coaching because I saw the game well, and I also felt like I had, you know, a high aptitude for, you know, emotional intelligence, understanding how kids are feeling because um, I was kind of soft at one point as a player, and my coach and I in high school butted heads, and he had to make me tougher. And I think understanding the best of both worlds, I thought I would communicate well with kids. So I've really tried to take that. Obviously, um, I learned it, you know, one of the highest, highest levels you can in college. And, you know, even as a player, I learned from, you know, a great coach and basketball mind. So I've tried to take those pieces. Um, but, you know, I'm still learning every day. And that's what's fun about basketball is you never stop learning. And all the great coaches will say that. You continue to, to be hungry just like a player. You grow and learn and it never really stops. So, um, you know, it's different. It's not like each level is the same. You can't be quite as demanding at the high school level with 15-year-olds uh, in freshman basketball as you are, you know, in TBT in the summer with your guys and then especially in college. But, um, you know, I think anybody who's played for me, I've coached, you know, a few years high school now, I think they would all say I strike a really good balance of expecting a lot. But, you know, they would say they enjoyed playing for me. And, you know, I love that. I would never want anyone to have a, a poor experience with me, even if they didn't end up playing a lot. I would want them to have fun. And at the end of the day, it is a game. Mm-hmm. So how do you define success? Is that, at, especially for a freshman team, is that W's or is that something different? Yeah, it's hard. You know, I think a lot of that um, goes into, you know, who you are as a person, what you believe in. You know, my faith, um, you know, in Christ is a big part of my life. So I think that drives a lot of how I define success. And while, you know, you we are at the high school level now, you want to teach competitiveness and winning is important. And, you know, one of the more important things, but at the same time, um, 
you know, you're teaching life lessons. And that's, I think, as I matured, you know, and entered the adult world, I really started to realize how much sports influenced my life and who I was as a person. All along, I was learning lessons of how to deal with adversity, how to be accountable, how to show up early, not just on time, but early. Um, you know, how to be appreciative, how to work every single day, how to be an everyday guy. All these phrases I heard just, you know, year after year. And, you know, at some point it goes in one ear and out the other, but then you enter the real world and you're like, wow, like sports is probably one of the greatest metaphors for life and such a, a great teaching tool because how else can you practice, you know, failure? How else can I, you know, learn those skills other than doing it over and over and over again? And that's what I learned through sports. So I think for me, you know, um, you know, success and winning is obviously what we're striving for. But I think the biggest thing is, am I, you know, trying to teach my players lessons and helping them become better young men? Because I know what the influence I had or what coaches influences, you know, how they influence me. You know, I want to have that same thing. So I think it's more defined by, you know, the relationships that we have and how I see them grow throughout the year. And, you know, hopefully if I can play a small part in, you know, molding them and making them better young men, um, I think that is a success. And, you know, nobody wants to go out and lose every game. You know, I was fortunate I had a really good group and they were fun to coach. And, um, you know, just the day-to-day -day grind and learning how to compete and learning these life lessons, I think, was what made us successful, And even though we lost some games. Yeah, sure. So last question. Uh, what are you expecting from the Aftershocks this summer? You know, your goal is always to win it all. It, it seems to get tougher every year. Um, you know, this thing, this beast that is TBT has just grown and grown. It went from this tournament that nobody had ever heard of to then suddenly the games are broadcast on ESPN. It just grows and grows. And every year I look at who other teams are adding. It's guys who have played minutes in the NBA and not just minutes, but major roles guys who were NBA veterans and um, I think sometimes people don't realize how good basketball is outside the NBA there's guys outside of the NBA that could easily be on rosters in the NBA just with a different stroke of luck or you know perhaps being on a different roster and you know those guys are playing in TBT and so you look at these rosters and you're like oh my gosh like how are we gonna win games this year but each year um, the group just competes and you know, we have such an advantage with our crowd. It's it's so cool. It's by far the best um, kind of home court advantage or environment in TBT. And each year we seem to break their attendance records. So that's just so much fun. Um, but, you know, obviously the goal is to win. And I think our main goal is to give, um, you know, the Wichita State fans and people in Wichita as many games as we can here. So this year that would be four games. If we could play four games here in Wichita, that would, you know, be great. We would love that. But Obviously, the, the big goal is to win it all. And, you know, it's if we split it all, it's around like $150,000, I think, per person and stuff. That'd be great for me. I was a walk-on, so I got some student loans. So I would <laughs> love that. Take a nice vacation. Um, but, yeah, I just want to do that and want to have a lot of fun with these guys. It's, it's such a special time. Cool. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And I'm sure there's a lot of Andover people who will be root rooting you on as well. I hope so. Thanks for your time and for being, yeah, for being here. That does it for this episode of Andover Airwaves. If you haven't already, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have something in the district you'd like to learn about, send us an email at info at usd385.org. Again, that's info at usd385.org. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>